Welcome back to the Muscle Intelligence Podcast. I'm your host, Ben Pokolsky. As always, framing this podcast around living your greatest life in a body that you absolutely love, addressing three topics today in the most concise way that I possibly can to provide value for your life. So the first question we're going to answer is how to progress in training. I get a lot of people that enter my life and at various points in their journey and ask, Ben, how do I progress? So I'm going to give you a really simple framework from which you can answer those questions yourself and ultimately learn how to progress. Another one I get a lot is... Uh, how do I decide what to do with my life? So a lot of us are going through uncertainty now. It almost seems like bordering on chaos and learning how to make decisions uh, is important. So I'll give you a framework that I use there to make decisions. And the final thing I want to address today is how to make us more resilient, how to make us more adaptable to stress in this challenging life that we're all living right now. I think it's super important to understand some basics on how to make our body and our mind more resilient to circumstances. We're going to address all that and a lot more in today's podcast. Come out in a minute. Today's podcast is brought to you by Belcampo. Thank you so much to Belcampo and Anya Fernal for doing what you do. I'm truly honored and privileged to be able to work with a company that has so much integrity to what they do and sticks with the best farming practices that exist in the world right now, as far as allowing the animals to grow up ancestrally, feed them the highest quality food that allows us to ultimately feel good about the meat that we eat. I feel personally allows me to eat less and get more out of the meat rather than having to just throw more and more and more food into my system, which ultimately comes with some negative side effects as well. I strongly suggest you head over to belcampo.com and use the code muscle to get hooked up with 20% off. This effectively breaks down to free meat, guys, and really it comes right to your door, packed on ice, and you're able to wake up every day like I do and consume the highest quality meat. Um, This morning, I literally just finished eating a filet right now with my daughter, and I just feel so good about feeding it to myself and feeding it to my kids, knowing that there's nothing better on the planet as far as quality. Thank you to Belcampo. Head over to belcampo.com slash muscle and use the code muscle to get hooked up for 20% off. Hey everybody, let's dive right into this special Q&A episode of the Muscle Intelligence Podcast, talking about progress and training. So regardless of what your objective is, if you're trying to progress in training of any kind, whether it be athletic endeavors or CrossFit or muscle building, really anything, it's going to be one of these four areas that's ultimately limiting your ability to progress. So this will give you an easy framework from which you can make decisions. So the four things you want to look at, and I suggest you write these down if you're someone who likes to progress, whether you're coaching other people or ultimately coaching yourself, this is an important construct for you to start to grasp. And there's really four areas of progression when it comes to improving uh, the, the skill of exercise and your ability to progress exercise in any endeavor. And it comes down to mobility, stability, skill and output. And those are your four boxes. Let's call them four boxes in each of which you should be rating yourself on a scale of one to 10 and progressing them toward ultimately um, whatever a 10 might resemble in your area of focus. So if you're a basketball player, it's going to be different than if you are a tennis player. And it may be different if you're a bodybuilder versus a bikini athlete. As far as like what level of skill do I need, uh, what level of mobility and stability do I need, and in what ranges do I need those, um, the ability to access those things. And then on top of that, now we're going to stack output, which is, um, you know, this scaled ability to produce work, which of course, again, is very subjective. So I'll walk through each of those right now to start giving you a greater idea on how you should be progressing in any endeavor. So somebody walked into my gym last week and said, Ben, I want to put on 30 pounds of muscle. So I ended up writing an email about this. And if you're someone who's on my email list, 
it may be worth uh, exploring. And if you're not, you can check that out at muscleintelligence.com slash subscribe. Um, so what does it look like? Well, the first thing I want to look at is, can this person access the range of motion I need to get into to challenge a muscle? So can they get to the bottom of the squat? Can they get to, you know, full uh, thoracic extension? Can they get to, you know, full shoulder flexion? All these different ranges, and literally every range. Um, and what's their ability to, one, get there, and then two, following up with that is, can they stabilize there? Because their ability to stabilize there will uh, ultimately determine their ability to contract there and build muscle from that position. And ultimately, stability is the governing factor of muscle contraction, right? So if I lack stability, then ultimately I lack the ability to contract muscles and therefore I can't build muscles. Muscles are built through uh, scaled tension, right? So we want to scale our ability to generate tension in a muscle. And to do that, we need to also concurrently scale our stability. So coming back to mobility for a moment, uh, what can I actively do? What, where can I actively move this joint or this yeah, ultimately this muscle or this joint uh, with my own muscular power, and which is different than flexibility, right? I could passively stretch somewhere and that's not the same as actively moving somewhere. So what is this person actively able to access? Uh, and then from there we go, okay, they can get to this position. Now I need to, to uh, scale their ability to stabilize in this position. So I want to uh, apply force in multiple different directions so that the joint can become strong from 360 degrees. So it's not just one direction of force application because then what happens is you tend to get more um, development on one side of the joint, less on the other side of the joint, and then the, the body will always limit itself based on the weakest factor. So if I'm always applying force around a joint in one direction, maybe it's coming from the, from the top or maybe it's coming from the front or whatever, um, and the body will then limit its ability to contract around that joint based on the other side. So as a coach or as an athlete, I want to be super cautious and, and, and conscious, I should say, of uh, applying force from all different directions that are possible in an appropriately scaled manner. So I don't just want to get good in one plane of movement. I want to be conscious of all planes of movement. Uh, that's important. So as I scale stability, uh, it's, it's important to acknowledge that um, as I scale my ability to improve a skill, which is our third facet, I then also must concurrently scale stability. So think of stability as my ability to go to the end of a range of a, of a joint or a muscle and ultimately resist motion. So not move. Like, can you go there and simply stay there? So one of the things you see me doing a lot if I'm training clients or if I'm, I'm teaching classes is just say, hey, go here, stay there. Most people, and this is on the order of 90 to 95%, are really, really bad if you just say, hey, stay in this position. So they have a huge opportunity for progress by just spending time in end ranges where they're strong. You can even do it in mid ranges, or sorry, end ranges where they're weak to develop strength. And you can even do it in mid ranges where they're strong. And there's still value in that because the body's learning how to contract and become more stable and activate the nervous system in that position. But ultimately, we want to take the position, take the body to positions of weakness and spend time in those positions. So if I'm a coach and I'm trying to improve someone's ability to do any exercise, I'm literally looking at it like, okay, what is this person able to do? And then how can I improve that? So I'm looking at the weakest link. So where are they good? Where are they bad? And I want to move both of those ends of the spectrum up. 
So uh, if someone is weak in a very particular position, a weakness can manifest as um, you know, uh, accelerating speed, like they're trying to move through something quickly, that tells me you're weak. It can also manifest as instability, which looks like maybe they're shaky, that also tells me you're weak. So if I see either of those things expressing in my movement and someone else's, I'm gonna say, oh, okay, that tells me the body doesn't wanna go there, the body's looking to go around that, that's an opportunity for progress. So I'm building in positional isometrics, or I'm simply building in time in those positions to allow me to progress. So an example being, if I go to the bottom of a squat and I can't stay there, my body tends to, to change my optimal posture or change my, my skill, ultimately my ability to execute that skill, to move itself into a path that maybe looks like a little bit dysfunctional, well, there's my opportunity. So sometimes doing more reps and more load is not the answer, right? Until we can foundationally access the ability to do these skills really, really well, right? We call it unconscious competence. Can I do these things really, really well unconsciously? Until you do that, adding more sets and reps and volume and load, in my eyes, is not the answer. So we're talking about periodization and programming and, and progress. Ultimately, the foundation of it all has to be quality before quantity. I need to look at how well do I do this, how well does my client do this, before I can scale it. And that doesn't mean I'm completely avoiding scaling it. That just means I'm staying within what they're capable of. And as soon as I see the form start to break, I stop because I don't want to reinforce bad movement patterns. So I learn to challenge the muscles in different ways. It doesn't have to just be with load. It doesn't have to just be with reps. It can also be in different ways. And my suggestion is simply time. So hopefully that helps and, and gives you guys a construct on how to start jumping off between progressing. So if I see somebody squatting poorly and maybe their ankles dump in or their knees dump in or they lack positional strength. So rather than asking them to move through motion, move through an exercise, which is complex at the, the level of the brain, we say, hey, just go to this position and stay there. Now I can direct their consciousness and make them focus on, hey, generate some force into the ground, create some tension in this particular muscle right here, thinking about maybe relaxing your breath and they're learning how to create strength and stability and ultimately motor output at the level of the nervous system simply by standing still and takes away a dimension of complexity allowing them to ultimately add to their ability to generate force this is a good thing we like generating force right we want to be able to be strong and stable whether our goal is to simply move better as we age or ultimately gain a huge amount of muscle it's always contingent on mobility stability skill and then ultimately output which is something we'll talk about in a few moments so what is skill skill is the ability to execute a any movement uh, with coordination and precision, right? So any skill is ultimately this, this orchestration at the level of the brain of a sequence of muscle contractions. So your brain is orchestrating these muscles to contract in a very particular order and a very particular proportion and a very particular um, amplitude to allow you to move through space. And this is all stored in your brain as a motor engram. And we want to train the brain to do these motor engrams correctly and ultimately increase their ability to do it unconsciously and with more force. That's the ideal scenario. If we're trying to build muscle or even maybe we're trying to move faster or maybe move a little more athletically, we want to build in those qualities that we're trying to ultimately express relative to our sport. Um, so this is important and hopefully that starts to make sense. What is a skill? It's the orchestration of movements, of contraction of muscles from the brain. So it's a sequence. And if it, the sequence doesn't look the way I want it to look, then my good job is to 
to change it. And how do I change a sequence of muscle contraction? Let's say I'm trying to learn how to write with my opposite hand, or I'm trying to learn to throw a ball with the opposite hand or kick a ball with the opposite foot. What does that look like? Is it fast and just really mindless at first? No, it's really controlled and methodical. And like, I want to do this well first. And eventually I can start doing it fast and unconsciously, just like I do with my good side, right? And oftentimes it feels uncomfortable, which is normal. Okay, that's okay. So think about that. So we're gonna walk through mobility. We did that. We're gonna walk through stability. Hopefully that makes sense. The ability to not move. And that's a scaled ability as well. So as I add more resistance, the body will not necessarily have the same stability with 10 pounds as it did with zero. And it won't necessarily have the same stability with 30 pounds as it did with 20. You have to scale stability. So think about that as you walk through progressing. So if you're someone who wants to be big and strong, spending time in positions of weakness, ultimately, where you find you, you lack stability or lack the ability to control movements is a huge opportunity to progress. And how would you progress it? Well, maybe we'll progress from just like, let's do a two second isometric today. Stay there, then do your rep. And then next week, it's a three second and that's a four second. Eventually, we could work up to a 10 and a 20 second isometric. Now, there's, there's, there's certainly a point of diminishing returns where spending too much time in isometric doesn't necessarily uh, lend to uh, improving strength and output you may want to start scaling load at some point, but they're all also training different muscular properties, right? Am I trying to train type one muscle fibers, which ultimately are said to be more associated with endurance and aerobic uh, metabolism, so fat metabolism, versus something that's a type two muscle fiber, which is a little more explosive, a little more um, uh, glycolytic, which is carbohydrate uh, dependent. So thinking about that, what am I trying to do? Am I trying to become more stable over time or am I trying to become more explosive, which is my objective? And then maybe matching the isometrics match, having the isometrics match that and acknowledging that both have value. Both have value. Don't just choose one or the other. You have to do both. So whichever one is the one you're not good at is probably the one you should do. And this is kind of maybe goes against how most people approach their training. Most people go to the gym, they do the things they're good at. And that's awesome. But it also is going to limit you massively, right? You're only as good as your weakest link. And this is all, this is physically, and this is also mentally. And we'll get into that in a few moments as well. So hopefully that helps um, understand progress. And when we look at output, Output in my eyes is where the quantification starts to come in, right? So first we look at quality. How do I scale quality? And then we look at from there, once I've achieved a high level of competency, high level of quality, now I want to start to scale quantity and acknowledging that as I scale quantity, which can be sets and reps and volume and load and all these typical periodization variables, I must also concurrently scale the other things, the mobility, the skill, and the stability have to come with it as I scale output. Otherwise, I'm going to start to compromise my joint function. I'm going to start to compromise my, um, ultimately, my ability to, to execute skills and cause injuries. So think about that, right? So those are your four facets of how to make decisions when it comes to exercise. Hopefully that was helpful for you. Now, the other question that I want to address there, one of the other questions I want to address today is kind of a, a change in directions. So I should first say before we move on is if you have any questions about mobility, stability, skill, and output, uh, feel free to drop me a message on Instagram. Um, you can feel free to drop me a review on iTunes. I'd love to hear from you guys anytime. And any questions you have, you can leave them there as well. Um, so moving along, um, one of the questions I get all the time is how, how to decide what you want to do in life. And I think this is a really interesting one. And ultimately, there's no answer, is there? there there's um, 
only moving in the right direction. I think one of the biggest challenges we face as society is uh, the ability to access abundance of information, right? There's no shortage of information. So if you rolled back even a hundred years ago, your ability to access information was so limited, you were kind of pigeonholed into, you know, who can I access and and what can I learn? And, uh, you know, what am I able to do within the constructs or the confines of my, you know, small uh, city or my my town, and I have to kind of stay within these constructs because I can't really travel around the world. I can't really access all the information now. We're in the society where human, the human brain has never had access to this much information. So all of us can ultimately be geniuses who change the world. And that's awesome. But at the same time, our brains are like, what the hell do I do? Like, I've got access to all of this stuff. So what do I do? So I've kind of created a bit of a process around which I start to make decisions on like, well, what do I want to do with my life? So it's uh, looking at the dynamic balance of all the things I like. Like, what are, I'll create a list. I'll like write down what are all the things that I'm spontaneously inspired to do. Nobody has to tell me to do it. What do I love to do? And so that could be anything from, hey, I love to train. I love to lift heavy. I love to learn. I love to read. I love to teach. I love to connect with people. I love to have high-level conversations. Um, I love to be with my loved ones. Um, I love to have incredible new experiences and adventures. These are the things I love to do. And then so we'll write down that long list of things. And then I'll write down a list of things. Well, what am I really good at? And what do I do better than anyone else? And uh, maybe if I had an abundance of money, what would I do if I wasn't paid for it? And so that's two, maybe three columns, depending how you look at it and start looking at those things and go, okay, well, what's the areas of overlap? So is there any professional, going back to the first thing, what I love to do, is there any profession? Is there any, um, area of focus that allows the overlap of some of these things. Maybe it overlaps two or three or even four of these subdomains. And how can I ultimately start to exist there? Because if I can get up every single day inspired to do what I do, that'll never work a day in my life. And everyone will want to follow me. Everyone will want to, uh, you know, drink from the Kool-Aid ultimately, right? They're like, oh, how did that guy live? He's so inspired and he's so excited about his job and he's so excited about what he does every single day. How do I have some of that? That's how you find it. You go, what do I love to do? And, and that's challenging, isn't it? You have to start to remove social constructs. I may have talked about this in the podcast in the past where we grow up in a society where people are telling us how to live. People are telling us what's good and what's bad and what we should like and how we should dress and you know, ultimately what we should aspire to be and how we have to be better than this person and, and, and acquire this knowledge and this amount of money. And people are putting these constructs in our brain that ultimately have nothing to do with what we want. They have to do with what they want. So ultimately, we're living in someone else's value system. So until we can start to question all of our beliefs and live inside our personal value system, right? And I call this living in alignment with my soul. I can't be fulfilled. I can't be happy and inspired, at least completely. Maybe we can, but learning to find what you love, what really lights your soul on fire is, I think, the key to determining what you want to do in life. Um, and that can take time and that could take a lot of uncertainty and maybe some chaos before you kind of find the order, right? And it's maybe sometimes to get to the light, you have to go through darkness. Maybe to get to the order, you have to go through chaos because you're ultimately to create this new level of order you're looking for in your life. You have to start to unwind the order you have now because we all create order in our life to get us by, to create, um, you know, certain structure that allows us to thrive within the constructs we have now. And if we go, well, I don't really love this. I don't feel fulfilled. Well, I have to start looking for a new order and new constructs and new beliefs and new habits 
And to do that, we have to unwind the ones we have currently, don't we? And that creates chaos. And I think a lot of us right now are seeing this. We're going through a period of chaos. Like, oh gosh, I'm not sure what to do, but I know there's something on the other end. And uh, I think learning how to dynamically balance order and chaos is a very important skill we're all gonna have to acquire. There's going to be chaos in your life if you want growth, right? With growth comes disorder because it, it has to challenge what you're currently doing and eventually creating new levels of order that hopefully are higher levels of order in your life. So um, that's one of the ways I approach, um, how, do I, how do I know what I wanna do with my life? And you know, the most common question is I wanna help others. Well, honestly, that's a cop-out answer, right? People don't have an answer to what they want. I just wanna help people. Well, help yourself first, right? Learn to create order and uh, value in your own life, right? The, you know, one of my friends recently posted about the put your own mask on first uh, rule when you got an airplane. And yeah, put your own mask on first so that you can help others. So help yourself. And I'll give a shout out to Grant Ziak. If you guys don't already follow Grant Me A Body on Instagram, do that because he's amazing. Just a wonderful human being who's always got great insights. Um, but yeah, you know, you got to help yourself first. And if you can identify what you want to do and maybe even being a little selfish with your time, you can start to uh, create order in your life that allows you to bring more value and ultimately um, help people make decisions in theirs something to think about. Today's podcast is also brought to you by Real Mushrooms, realmushrooms.com slash Ben will get you 30% off the highest quality mushrooms that I've been able to source from anywhere around the world. And guys, you know that quality is the most important determining factor in what we're going, what goes into our body. Ultimately, you know, you're going to get out what you put in and our body literally becomes the food we eat. We shouldn't be adding huge amounts of toxins. We shouldn't be adding low quality foods because that is literally becoming the tissues. It's becoming your brain, becoming your muscles, becoming your body. Care about what goes into your body. It's absolutely imperative. Realmushrooms.com slash Ben will get you 30% off for first time buyers and muscle will get you 20% off if you're someone who wants to buy ongoing. So for all you mushroom lovers out there, there's so many ways that mushrooms can help benefit your life. And you don't know them already, uh, head over to realmushrooms.com slash Ben. There's an article there about why all the mushrooms will ultimately help you thrive and live your greatest life in a body that you love. So the third one I want to talk about, which is a really nice extension on, on this second thing we talked about, is um, leadership. So how do ultimately we become someone of value, right? And, and it's a very nice segue from, you know, everyone says, I want to help. What do you want to help with? How do you want to help, right? And, and help yourself first. And so if, we, if you segue that into leadership and it's like, okay, well, what is leadership and how do we define leadership? And most people maybe don't have a clear definition and ultimately do I, and I just spent some time journaling on this. And well, leadership to me is becoming someone of value, becoming someone who uh, provides value just by being who you are, right? It's not something you do. It's something you are. It's who are you being in this circumstance? And I think that's a big separation in our society is people are always trying to do and doing is important, but um, it's most important is who are you being? If you want to become a leader, you want to become someone worth following. It's not about doing. Well, maybe, but first and foremost, it's about who am I being? Because if I can step into a situation and be someone, people hear, see all of what you do and see nothing and hear nothing of what you say, right? So it's not just, I'm going 
going to articulate myself as a leader, they're going to watch what you do. And they're going to say, oh, yeah, I want to be like that. We model people, don't we, as humans? So to become a leader, it starts with um, becoming someone of substance, becoming someone of wisdom, and ultimately being you. Showing up as you, showing up as the greatest version of yourself. And that requires, as we spoke about a minute ago, that requires investing in yourself, right? Putting your own mask on first. So it's super important for you to think about what are the things that you're doing every day to help you before you can serve somebody else, serve yourself. So create a daily list of non-negotiables that allow you to throw to show up as the highest and best version of yourself. What is it? So for me, I can tell you, certainly, I have to exercise and I have to exercise hard every day. Otherwise, my body doesn't feel right. Maybe my brain doesn't feel right. I don't feel inspired. I don't feel um, driven. I don't feel super confident. Like I want to do something hard every day and my brain and my body just sink. Right. Some days I feel like I'm disconnected from my body. Some days I feel like I'm disconnected from my brain. Some days I feel like I'm just living in my brain. And oftentimes those days will be the ones where I'm like, oh, my exercise wasn't intense enough, or maybe it wasn't long enough, or maybe whatever. It wasn't, um, you know, I just didn't do it to the best of my ability today. I wasn't invested enough. And as soon as I do those things, I get locked in. That's one of my non-negotiables. Another non-negotiable for me is a breath practice. And even if it's one to five minutes, it's like I'm going to anchor myself to learn how to access a state of peak arousal, high-level excitation, and a state of complete calm and serenity. And learning how to do that with the fewest number of breaths possible, I think is the ideal goal. I wanna be able to relax my muscular system, relax my mind, relax my nervous system in whatever the smallest number of breaths possible is. I think that gives me access to my uh, my higher level self so I can live as you know capital B Ben rather than small B Ben, small me versus large me, uh, learning how to anchor myself into how can I live at my highest and best every day. And so what are those daily practices, those daily high impact habits, you guys have heard me use that term often, that I can implement every day to allow me to thrive as the highest version of myself, capital B, Ben, right? So think of yourself like that. Uh, thinking of yourself like that can be useful. It's like, am I showing up as big me or small me, right? Small me is someone who's going to bicker, who's going to complain, who's going to whine, who's going to uh, ultimately be a victim to the circumstance versus, you know, the highest version of myself is always showing up to lift others up, to lift myself up, to uh, work toward my best version of myself, to always step into obstacles and see them as opportunities for challenge challenges. That's how I view leadership, right? Is like, am I showing up as the highest and best version of myself every day? So a few more things I want to talk about with respect to leadership. Um, society creates constructs. Society creates walls in our minds. And ultimately, you know, I've been quoted as saying this before, is greatness lies outside the walls that exist in our mind. And um, you must start to challenge your walls and start to ask who put those walls there? Did I or did somebody else? And the walls might exist in, in belief systems or uh, li limiting beliefs or uh, in a, things that you think you can't do or you don't know how to do or sometimes in your words. Uh, all those limitations exist in our minds and we have to start questioning those. And a great way to question those is to create a community of people who can support you with uh, you know challenging you on your words and challenging you on your beliefs. And that's really hard to find, um, but we are building that community uh, within the Muslim intelligence community. There's people who, um, you know, in my coaching community, there's there's people who ultimately I can be honest with and you can call them on their bullshit for lack of a better term. And like, oh, that's completely nonsense. Like, do you hear yourself right there? That's not where you want to go. Like, and sometimes it's just like nudging them and going, oh, don't go there. Like that's, don't go, don't let yourself go there. And they'll pull themselves out. 
So that's one thing I'd like to address. Um, and, and just also this concept of, um, you know, sometimes the high achiever, and we've talked about this with Dr. Mike Militech in the past, is sometimes the high achiever has this curse of never being enough. And I think there's a lot of us listening to this podcast because they get a lot of feedback on it. There's a lot of us who are just never enough, right? Like, why do I continually read hours and hours a day and learn hours and hours a day and uh, train hours and hours a day and, and ultimately aspire for more? Well, because ultimately I don't feel like I'm, I'm enough, right? Somewhere deep down. Um, but I think it's learning to accept who you are and love who you are and be happy with who you are without being complacent. And uh, I just I just know that if I work hard every single day of my life, that I can become something, uh, I can I can make an impact in the world. And I just think it's cool to pursue the highest level of yourself. And that's not an e maybe it's an egocentric drive, but I tend to, I tend to think it's um, just living your soul's purpose is like. Well, every day I'm here, I have an opportunity to step into something amazing and, and understand the world and understand uh, making the world a better place and ultimately allow myself to thrive in every area uh, or not, right? And so what are the things I can do every day to thrive in my body and my mind and my soul? Right? And those things require habits and those things require questioning your beliefs and surrounding yourself with people who think differently than you and ultimately accepting everyone for who they are um, and loving them for who they are um, without letting it influence you in any way, right? Um, so I think every human is simply on a journey and we're a soul on a journey and everyone's at a different place and they're not better or worse, they're simply different and they view the world differently and our goal is to be there and accept that as leaders and carve our own path, right? Everyone ultimately has the ability to be a leader and should be a leader and carve their own path, right? And that, I think, you know, ancestrally, that's maybe where our cultures would have lived. Um, it's like, you know, the children evolve to become the, the you know, adults and then the adults evolve to become the elders and you're everyone's progressing toward these leadership roles that live in uh, the eldership right and being an elder so anyways guys uh hopefully you enjoyed that podcast hopefully you enjoyed talking about uh, how to progress in performance ultimately how to uh, decide what you want with your life how to be a leader and i want i want to leave you with one high impact habit that i implement daily that i think is should be a non-negotiable for everyone and that's thinking time so what's thinking time thinking time for me is um taking time to unplug so taking time to be by myself with my thoughts and, and uh, maybe it's breathing and maybe it's not, maybe it's journaling and maybe it's not. It's just like, I have no inputs. I have no phone, no computer, no TV, no people. Uh, and I want to just allow my brain to go where it wants to go and see what exists there. And I think a lot of people are afraid of that because of the emotional uh, detachments. Things happen emotionally. But listen, unless you sit with those emotions, you will not be able to remove them. You will not be able to become okay with them, right? So learning how to change your uh, judgments on your emotions is important. And just accepting emotions as being a part of your humanness. And then you're increasing your emotional resilience, your emotional intelligence, ultimately. But spend some time by yourself. And I suggest it's at least 30 minutes minutes every day. And I tend to use these podcasts actually as a really cool opportunity to be alone and think about what am I going to talk about? What's interesting to me right now? And ultimately, I, I speak in these podcasts uh, because it's interesting to me. And there's areas that are they're interesting for me. And maybe there are questions that have been answered or asked um, somewhere in my community. And sometimes people come into my life and they ask a question and then they kind of prompt uh, me going down these rabbit holes. And 
every, every time I do on these podcasts, you guys seem to love it. So if you do, uh, thank you. Thank you for being here. I'm so grateful to have you as part of my life. And I hope that I continue to provide value as I continue to expand myself physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. Um, I'm uh, evolving every day and uh, I'm incredibly grateful for you being here as a listener because I realize how, um, how much attention is being pulled in every different direction, right? How many podcasts there are, how many different opportunities you have to learn, and you've chosen to be here with me. So thank you. I respect you. I honor you. I'm completely grateful for your time and your attention. And um, I thank you. All right, ladies and gents, that's a wrap. Hopefully you enjoyed the podcast. Um, today's podcast is brought to you by Bel Campo. Bel Campo, the greatest meat in the country. Thank you to Bel Campo for doing what you do and for continuing to carve your path and be a leader. Uh, you can head over to belcampo.com and use the code MUSCLE for 20% off. Guys, do it now. We're not going to have these codes available to us forever. Jump in there and get some of the highest quality meat you've ever consumed in your life. And then when you do, uh, tag me in a post on Instagram. Let me know how you loved it because I want to hear from you. I want to hear how you use your high quality meat. Send me your recipes. Send me your practices on how you consume, when you consume your high quality meat. So the thing I get from Belcampo every single month is all of my steak. I get a lot of their bone broth, which is fantastic. And I've actually been getting a lot of their um, meat sticks lately, which for a snack is phenomenal. I won't tell you that. I literally eat a whole pack every time. They're that good. Uh, but thank you to Belcampo for supporting the podcast to allow this podcast to be possible. Thank you also to Real Mushrooms, realmushrooms.com slash Ben, uh, the highest quality mushrooms that exist anywhere on the planet. Grown organically, you're getting 100% fruiting body. You're not getting the mycelinated grain. I think the challenge that people don't acknowledge is the mycelinated grain is, the grain is contributing to the weight of the product. So if I get a pound of lion's mane mushroom, I want it to physically be the lion's mane mushroom. I don't want it to be 20% or even 50% lion's mane and then 50% grain. Whether or not the grain has has you know, they, they suggest it has potential uh, medicinal benefits built into the grain, but it's, it's not the mushroom itself. I want the concentrated ingredients that exist only in the mushroom. So thank you very much to Real Mushrooms for sponsoring this show, making it possible. Head over to realmushrooms.com slash Ben, get hooked up with 30% off. And when you try your lion's mane, your reishi, your cordyceps, and your five defenders, let me know how it goes on social media. I want to see exactly how you use it. And uh, thank you for supporting us and this podcast and our amazing sponsors. Have an amazing day. Live your greatest life in a body that you absolutely love. Thank you so much for tuning in to Muscle Intelligence. If you enjoyed today's episode, please be sure to share it with at least one person you know. Make sure you're subscribed so you never miss an episode. This podcast is for information purposes only. The statements and views on this podcast are not medical advice. This podcast, including Ben Pikulski and the producers, disclaim responsibility for any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own, and this podcast does not endorse or accept responsibility for statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. This podcast may contain paid endorsements or advertisements for products or services. Individuals on this podcast may have a direct or indirect financial interest and products or services referred to herein. If you think you have a medical problem, consult a licensed physician.